0: Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. In this episode, I'm joined for the first time ever on the Empire Builders podcast and it has been too long by, first of all, um, for me, the number one female coach on the planet, who just by coincidence also happens to be my wonderful mother, Nikki V.
1: Good morning. I am excited to be here. What do you need?
0: Well, we could, there's so many different directions. We could take this interview, of course. Um, We could come at it from the perspective of how did you build a six-figure corporate coaching business? We could come from it from the perspective of how have you built with Tony, of course, you know two multi six figure coaching training businesses in the relationship field in coach certification what, are, what we could also just talk about mother and son and the dynamic yeah, yeah. working together over the last few years which of course has been amazing and but what what i think would be most valuable for our listeners on the empire builders podcast because i know how valuable this is to our clients our members who are building empires, building teams, is the dynamics when it comes to personality styles and how those personality styles influence our route to success when it comes to building an empire.
1: I believe so. And I can give you the one number one reason why I believe that that's the best thing for us to talk about this morning. And that it was the first thing when I was in corporate, an HR director, looking for philosophy, looking for training, looking for development, leadership stuff. Um, I had a steady stream of people come and talk to me about stuff. And then somebody walked into my office and literally started explaining the philosophy of the different personality styles, which has got a huge history, which I'm not going to you know, bore you with now. And it made such a difference to me, to my life, that understanding re- absolutely took our company to the next level by just understanding people so that we recruited better, we developed better, we promoted better. That's why I think it's the number one thing to talk about today.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, so again, for me personally, what we're going to talk about here, and, and there's a framework that we're going to share with you around different types of personality styles. But I'll tell you personally, this framework has been probably one of the most critical, most valuable tools that I've used, we've used internally in our companies as we've grown for recruitment, um, certainly for leading, managing people. Also, uh, in my personal life, when it comes to understanding my wife, my my own strengths and weaknesses, the other members of my family, of course, which you know all about. Um, so I really think that this, honestly, I know I'm biased, but I think this episode has the potential to be the most impactful episode of this podcast we've ever done. No pressure. So <laughs> why don't you start off by just giving us a brief overview of the framework, if you like, and how we decipher between the key different personality styles, hopefully so that our listeners can self-identify where they fit. Absolutely and start thinking about where some of the people that are most important to them fit as well
1: yeah so the the what I want to do is give you the very briefest so as you say you can self-identify you can see where things have been challenging with other human beings yeah so this all came from Hippocrates theory on human psychology. basically he said um, the, the, the way we operate. The way we integrate with other people, the way that we communicate uh, sits very simply into four main categories. And interestingly, um, eons ago in Hippocrates' days, these four categories were called dominance, the, uh, the level of dominance you have in your personality style, um, influence, steadiness, and they used to call the fourth one conscientiousness. It's now called compliance, but it's an interesting thing. So the easiest way for me to explain what those four things are is to just take, I'll use the comparison frame, which is I think is a a great way of of, of, um, explaining it. And think about first of all, um, the, 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 the meaning of the word high dominance and the meaning of the word high compliance or high conscientiousness. And both of those styles, both of those parts of the personality are left brain orientated. That means they have the tendency to be logical, practical, reasoned, There, it's an action part of the brain. The left brain is the doing part of the brain and it's the masculine. Now, obviously that is, you know, interesting when that's in a woman. So I hold my hands up. First of all, I have high dominance in my profile. That means that's the masculine part of me. So masculine, um, so high dominance and high compliance, left brain, logical, practical. Now they're completely opposite. So the high dominance to start with that one, this is about people desiring to have the, to make decisions, to act on them and to get the results they want so it's like decide, act and achieve, right? These are people that are individuals who go inside and find out, you know, like what's important to me? What do I want? Therefore, they're towards people. If you know the towards and away from paradigm, they go towards what they want. So they're willing to take risks So here's how their thinking goes. I hear that I Will take this risk because I've thought through. There will be there will be hurdles, but I'll work that out on the way. Ninety nine percent. You can, Nick, smiling oh. uh, because obviously this is very him. Oh,
0: uh, because we had this conversation yesterday.
1: Yesterday, yes. So, um, and and this is an interesting thing, Nick, which I don't, I'm not sure you know. Um, 99%, not point nine percent of people with high dominance are non steadiness. So just remember that, put that in the back of your mind, because when I come to steadiness, you'll hear that this the non-steadiness is the opposite of it. Um, Now, let me look and make the comparison frame with high compliance or conscientiousness. Where you heard me say about, I wish to uh, decide, act and achieve, um, high compliance or high conscientiousness is about which process system formula model will I use to do the task? So again, you know, left brain, task orientated, both dominance and compliance, but which, what will I use? What's the evidentially proven formula that will work? And therefore, that causes people with high compliance to be very focused on the doing of the task, not the end goal. And that is something that's so, so important to understand the difference. Now, there are people, let me just put a little caveat in here. There are people who are both of those things. So if you're resounding with both of those things that I've just said, I know that you are going to have an inner pull between do I want to go for it, or do I want to make sure that before I go towards that task, let me look at all the let me look at all the hurdles, let me do a risk assessment of that hurdle and how are we going to deal with it? And therefore, the fear, by the way, I didn't tell you the fear of dominance. The fear of dominance is failure. And everybody says they fear failure. They're not not in the same league as somebody with a high dominance. High compliance, the fear is conflict. Very interesting, because that means that that person is going, I don't like gray areas. I don't like bird lines. I like things to be as they're meant to be. Now I want to come on to influence and steadiness. This is right brain orientation. This is emotions, feelings. This is, uh, people is the best word I can use in comparison to the other two, which were task-orientated, action-orientated. This is about communication. This is about people. And this is about the right brain being, how do people feel? What does things look like? You know, you'll relate to that, Nick. When you when you have someone with these parts in their profile, they are always thinking about the aesthetics of things. Right. And it's a more of the feminine side of the brain, not female, but feminine side of the brain. So this is as much more as you can hear it, the more emotional side of it. OK, now now I want to show you the difference between those two. And I'm trusting that you'll be resound with thinking about the other two as well. And then I'll come back and bring it all together in a second. So influence, this is about how can I influence others to have a better experience? How can I influence others? Could you hear that I again? So I like the, do- the high dominance. I want to get the result. This is I want to influence others to have a uh, good experience, better experience. This is all about um, being unique, being different, being special actually. So, of course, the irony of it is the influence is the one that wants to stand out and be noticed. The fear is rejection. The fear is not being liked or not being loved. Can you hear how different that is than failure or conflict? Okay. So there, of course, we've got someone that outgoing, persuasive, friendly, wants to stand out. High steadiness. If a high influence wants to stand out, a high steadiness wants to fit in. A high steadiness person wants security, safety. The most, the thing I've learned the most, Nick, over the years, is that high steadiness person wants to know exactly what's going to happen in the future. <laughs> I'm laughing because Nick's married to someone with high steadiness, um, and you know they want to know what's going to happen in the future, and their fear is of uncertainty about the future. So they will then, um, and and just remember that this is this is a very global view of this so that everybody will be different in different ways, but often they'll be going money, bricks and mortar, relationships, anything that keeps them to know what's going to happen. So they will avoid going into situations they're not certain about because they'd rather the future was the same rather than them going to something uncertain. Now, so if I put all those four things together, We've got task orientation. We've got people orientation. We've got left brain. We've got right brain. We've got masculine. We've got feminine. Those four things. Now, people can be one. If you know someone, and as I was speaking through those four things, you went, oh, my God, I am that. And I know I am. And everybody around you will know you are. But that's quite a rare thing to be just one of them. The most common is to be two, a combination of the two. And there's some common combinations, which I won't go into now. And some people have three. That's my shortest version of that, Nick James.
0: Yeah, love it. Brilliant. And and, and by the way, I hadn't prepped you for this. So um, what could we what could we give people who are listening, like as a one-page summary or something written? Because yes. obviously they're listening to this. Um, and it'd be helpful to help them assimilate yes. similar information to be able to see it. I think so. Perfectly. We can put a link in the show notes. Perfect. To sort yes. of one or two page kind of. Oh, it's a one page.
1: page. I created this because, as you know, I've been doing this for thirty years now. I've created the Nikki V version of what I've just said. What it has on it that I haven't mentioned is what people without those things have, and there'll be some characteristics, as I call them, of non-dominance. And by the way. I've been doing this a lot of years. I used to call this low dominance, low influence, low stubbornness, low compliance. When you have not got that in your profile, when you've not got that in your personality style, you're, I'm actually call it non. And it's not a weakness; it's just different characteristics.
0: Good. So we'll put a link in the show notes where you can get access to um, whatever written or visual resource. Beautiful this uh to this conversation
1: there's the high eye in me it looks beautiful
0: you mentioned you've been doing this 30 years um how, how did like how did you apply the knowing of these four personality styles this this disc framework how did you apply that in business
1: well as i said earlier Um, When I understood it, so let me just explain that for a second. When I understood the differences, the first thing in business, and I had this conversation yesterday with one of the um, people in Mastermind, I had this conversation because they're in recruitment mode, okay? And the first thing I say to people is, look, let's talk about the profile of the person that, you know, the personality style of the person you want. And the first way that we utilized it was, to be fair, I think we used it by just going, let's all learn this philosophy so we understand each other more. We understand ourselves primarily, then we understand each other. We also used it to understand conflict. We understand how where we have something where we're at an odds with each other. But the most important thing we did was understand that we got the wrong people in the wrong jobs. And so actually what I do is I give people a way of finding out what i've even got like interview questions which we could you know pop on that sheet of paper which is going if i want to know whether somebody's a high influence or a high dominance high sadness of compliance what do i ask them so i can give you that absolutely so to give you an example um is that you know i'd ask the question if in that role you want someone who wants to let's talk about the sales role nick i think that's a really good place Right. Talk about the sales role. If that person doesn't have a desire. Now, we're talking about desires. We're talking about the, the, the core of them wants to interact with people on a regular basis by talking to them, you know, being con- connected with them and helping them have a better life. If they haven't got that high influence. They're going to find sales really difficult. Because if they're high dominance, they just want to close them. They just want to get to the result really, really quickly. Now, that can be a combination with high influence. But if they're high steadiness, I spoke to someone the other day who's really struggling with sales. And I found out they thought they were struggling because they didn't like rejection. They actually were struggling because they don't know when the phone, when they pick the phone up to speak to somebody, they have no understanding of what that person's going to say. That's a high steadiness person going, I need to know the answer to every question. Can you imagine how long that training would take?
0: Yeah, it's impossible. Um, And and, uh, by the way, I concluded very early on when we were working on this, when I was building the team, that um, for somebody to be successful in sales long-term, they need to have a combination of dominance, influence, influence, dominance in their profile, there are the rare exceptions. And my, my, my conclusion on this, though, is that the rare exceptions can be good at doing sales on their own business, but would be rubbish as an employee. So for me, if you're building your empire and part of that is you're recruiting for sales or you're going to be recruiting for sales, um, I'll save you a A lifetime of pain and hurt because I had to learn this the hard way I would be finding a way to work out what's there you know in the interview stages what profile are they and if it is not dominance influence or influence dominance the likelihood of it working out long term is extremely slim in my opinion
1: let me just add to that one distinction think about this as influence is people dominance is task they can have influence compliance because that's task orientated but they need to be following someone else's process and it's sometimes hard for people who are very entrepreneurial more like they are influence dominance people to follow somebody else's process but it's actually quite easy for someone with high compliance to follow somebody else's process. So I think that your question was, you know, how do we utilize it? We used it massively in in recruitment. We used it massively in development. And I think that, you know, to use it where you see discord, to use it where you see people struggling. How many times over my corporate years, I've watched somebody promote somebody into a role that they're not equipped with to do, by personality or capability and by the way let me just say this this does not measure intelligence this does not measure whether you're even good at the thing that is in your profile so this isn't like a catch everything thing and it also doesn't um it doesn't measure maturity and I don't mean age
0: yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) um good so I think that you know the utilization of it in business is as you said it can be as you know, it's simple as you need someone, you want to find, I, I have to use my favourite example because it's about you, Nick, was, and it's a, such a great example, is this is, I don't remember how many years ago, but you asked me to help you recruit a personal assistant. Okay. And we, and we got to the last two. I even remember the girl's name.
0: Let me so this was, this was actually um, probably my first proper hire. I'd had a couple of people doing ad hocy stuff. This was the first time when I realized I need to get somebody into this role yes. like consistently not just doing bits and bobs here and there. Um, and I'd never made a hire before. That's my my framing for this. So I didn't know what I was doing.
1: So we get up, we get down to the last two people for this personal assistant job both female and they were both fabulous, experienced, all the other boxes ticked. So Nick does the interviews with the two of them. And then he comes to me and he goes, Mom, what shall I do? And he goes, I'm, I'm leaning towards this one person. And I said, well, I'm not surprised at that because that person's more, not completely, but more your personality style. So I thought, how can I explain this to him? And I said, right, I want to I want to ask you a question. I said, do you want this person to be, enthusiastically brainstorming with you and i think ad was with you at the time and but doing some time with you i can't remember now but you you definitely had somebody else that was doing some work with you i said do you want to stand there and be enthusiastic about the future about how this is going to be great and do you want them to want to do that or do you want them to want to be at their desk getting the routine tasks following the process, getting the diary, setting up processes and systems, which you want. And he went, that is, well, I forget what you probably swore at me. But like, you know, what I mean is this is absolutely kind of like what he had to do is go. I remember the girl's name. Her name was Polly. He said, maybe I'll take Polly on as a salesperson later on. Right. But actually, what he realized, and do you know what happened? We recruited the other person because she was she had some steadiness, routine work, dependable, reliable. Do you know what she did? She trained in how to use the computer You know, she went to Mac. She trained her to, to she trained herself in the week before she started on Mac and a few you- looks
0: like internet, internet's dropped out, so I'll wait until she gets back on. I think what she was saying was the person we hired ended up getting trained on all of the tech and the systems that we used in the business before they started the role. And that really came from their steadiness, part of their profile, the need to be prepared, the need to have certainty, the need to know how she was gonna conduct the role day to day. So the knowing of this system enabled us to make that hire which i think the other hire or the other choice would have been the wrong choice but it's fascinating the way that i hit it off and got on so well with the one person but what i actually needed was the other so for for those listening here's how i think you apply this and nikki v is now back and we can hear her um how you apply this in your teams is of course when you're hiring you decide what profile are you looking for before you start the hiring process more importantly if you're listening to this and you've got a you've got an existing team in place using this tool to analyze that team and to ask yourself first of all do I have the right people in the right roles and second of all I think them understanding this so that they can understand one another better and they can I think a lot of times people operate from an, from an expectation that everyone else is the same as them, that everyone else wants to be talked to in the same way as they do, that everyone wants to be treated like they're treated, that everyone needs the things they need, and it's just not true. Um, and so I think having this, I mean, we've done training on this consistently with our team so yeah. that, you know, we've got 22 full-time people in our team right now, and, of course, we've got every different combination of profile you could possibly imagine – and so, them all understanding one another's profiles is helpful because whenever inevitably, inevitably, when there's conflict or discord in the team, it's always because there's a clash of personality profiles.
1: Absolutely. And you're absolutely right, Nick. When you, you know, I mean, this is true in recruitment, it's true in promoting people, it's true if you have any difficulty in the team, understanding each other's. So, and, and realizing that any, any misunderstandings are normally based on thinking as you rightly said that people um are you know it's it's a bit like in relationships you know if you were more like me everything would be okay right it's it's like and, and I really want to share, broaden this out to the whole of life, if you you would like me to, because one of the things that happens in this um, profiling, you've heard me say the word profiling, these personality styles. And this is, you know, I am, aren't I, Nick, definitely going, this is not about, you know, getting the software and doing it. This is about learning the con- the philosophy of human psychology, and therefore, you can do this without filling in forms and, you know, having, you know, lots of training and all that sort of thing. You can just understand that there are the, the particular the profiling that I've learned actually gives you three different scenarios for each person. And it's been fascinating over the years, Nick, to see the difference between someone who is has got to the point in their life, and that can happen at any age, by the way, where they're comfortable in their own skin, they operate in their natural style. And when you operate in your natural style, everything works better. Um, so you're in the zone, that, you know, relationships will work better at both at home and work. Um, you know, you'll you'll have better relationships with your parents. You'll have better relationships with your children because you're being you. Now, of course, for another day, we're talking about whether you're in a good space or not in a good space, whether you're running a shitty pattern or whether you're being great. That's not what we're here to talk about today. But if you're in the zone, if you're in your natural style, everything will work better. Now, what it also helps me understand is how people adjust. Now, people adjust over a very long period of time. Can be months, years, but it can be decades. And it comes from having a significant emotional event in your life where somehow you consciously or unconsciously respond or react in a different way than your natural style. So you take on a different style because you believe that's going to either stop the thing that's happened happening again, or you go, that didn't feel good. So let me just present myself to the world. Now, when I say unconsciously, people do this all the, you know they they're doing it all day long they're having significant emotional events meaning anything that happens where you where it knocks you off off you know out of kilter or it knocks you off 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 your path um and what happens is you respond or adjust in a different way so what i can do by asking people questions or obviously i can you know see this when i when i show them a graph or something Is how they have been adjusted. Now, they call that the mask, which is really interesting. Because when we show our mask to other people, that's who we are. And the mask, I'm sorry to say this with such ferocity, but I've been doing this a long time and I believe in it very strongly. If you live a mask, and I I really want to ask you this question now, I can't help myself, I'm a coach. Um, Ask yourself the question, do I? Live in my natural style? Do I live? Am I living the who I really am? And if the answer to that question is no, then how am I presenting myself to the world that is different than who I really am? Because here's the challenge and here's the real problem. If you present yourself to the world with the mask, which is the adjusted style, which bless you, you just did a long, long time ago by reacting or responding to something in a way that you thought would work better. When you present that mask, people see that as who you are. That's how other people see you. And the reason why lots of people, especially those with high compliance, ask me this question, they go, How come? And I go, Because when it's not you, it's exaggerated. So obviously, you know, I'm an extreme person, I'm a high influencer. I'm exaggerating because that's who I, how I do it. So, you know, how influencers do it. But if I'm exaggerating outside of my natural style, it will be what people think and it won't work because it, it's not me. So, that's the first thing. And the second, sorry, you were going to ask.
0: Yeah. So, when you say it won't work, I want to loop this back to like, I yeah. know a lot of people listening to this episode who um, are maybe in the early stages of building their business, their empire. And there, you know, a lot of people that come to our trainings, our events, join our masterminds, they're looking for the best strategy to build their business. And, and how this relates so closely to business strategy is if you try to build your business or your empire based on a strategy that's so out of alignment with your natural style, you will fail. And this is where, you know, what I get frustrated with um, in our kind of world where, you know, people are reading books, listening to podcasts, going to trainings and events. A lot of the strategies being shared, a lot of the advice being given is what I call one size fits all advice. And one size does not fit all. And for one person, the strategy for building their empire lends itself to somebody who's naturally high influence. And somebody else, the ideal strategy would be aligned with their higher compliance or conscientiousness in their profile. And so the the reason I think this is so critical to understand these personality styles, and at the very, very least, if you did nothing else, just work out your own, is that it can then aid you, support you in creating the strategy that's most likely to have you succeed naturally without it feeling like it's hard work if you've ever felt like it was just like an uphill struggle and you were doing something that everyone else seems to be doing and it seems to be working for them why isn't it working for you chances are that that strategy is out of alignment with your natural style so find out work out what your natural style is and then create a strategy for growing your business your empire that's aligned with it
1: That's right. And the third thing, which again, very briefly, is it also you can also realize what your stress profile is. And again, if it's the same. So when if we're in recruitment, if the person is showing up as who they really are, you can tell that if you ask them questions where you find out whether they ever adjust to see if they can be more. By the way, we adjust to be more successful or more safe depending on our profile. And then the third thing is we find out how are you different when you're stressed? And if somebody is the same in all three times, now you've got a consistent person and therefore they're going to be a much easier to deal with. They're going to be much better at their job. Everything's going to work. And in private life, the same, you know, I I mean, it's just the same. And if you operate in your stress graph. What happens is if you're offering a a stress profile, sorry, I'm used to looking at graphs, um, you you actually will be, it's like a snapshot. So they say the, you know, we're, our natural style is with us for life. It can move around a little bit, but not from top to bottom or bottom to top. Our adjusted style can be decades, it can be years, it can be months. Our stress style can be just like, what did we do the last time we were stressed? And if people live, which unfortunately many people do, where they think that stress somehow, I mean, I used, they used to talk about it in business. Oh, I operate better in a stress. Do you hell, right? No, you operate in your stress profile. How? Let me ask everybody else how they feel about you operating in your stress style. Uh, and so there's so much you can learn about yourself. There's so much you can learn about others. The, you know, you said, Nick, you know, what about the whole of your life? Same, same. Literally, it's, you know, like in intimate relationships, in family relationships, in 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 business situations, in social situations. If you are rule of thumb, if you live your true self, the real you. I'm going to say it warts and all, you know, because there will be things about your profile that other people with a different profile will find Difficult, irritating. I don't know what that is. There's a strength and a weakness in every single profile. It doesn't mean that you're brilliant at it. It just means that if you're a high compliance person, you are going to be more serious about things because you're going to say, look, this is really important that we get this right. When you're in a, you know, in a high, high influence person, they're going to go, it's really important that we get this right. But can you hear the difference? Right. Um, and there is actually one other way of looking at it, which is that, you know, again, you can put them into it's easy to remember this way. Um, Tony always remembers it this way. He always goes high influence and high um, dominance are towards people and they go towards getting things right, get, you know, getting things done getting things, whereas actually steadiness and compliance people move away from getting things wrong, having something not go well. And so it's actually really useful to, and again, as I said before, if you're a mixture of any of those things, you'll feel it when you make your decisions, you'll feel it how you operate.
0: Yeah. And it's funny, as you've been sharing this, um, especially around the the stress profile, as you call it, um, and Everyone adjusts under stressful situations to succeed or to get safety. And That's I, right. I know myself that under stress, I go to like hyper levels of dominance. Yes.
1: Um,
0: and can that be effective to get a result? Yeah. Are there consequences? Yeah, definitely. I guess that's the like the belief that you said that some people have, which is like you know, in stressful situations, that way. That's where I'm at my best. That's where I get the result. That's where I can, you know, produce my best work. It's like maybe, but there are probably consequences that you might not be aware of. I know in those situations, I go hyper dominant. I can get the result. I can get something done, but the fallout and how that impacts everybody else is is dramatic.
1: Well, what will tend to happen is whatever your most, your highest thing is, it will get more extreme. Okay. So, you know, I could go through each one, but let's just put them all together and go. If if you're going for success or safety, you will get that. That is, you know, what some, what you just said, Nick, is so true. The problem is it works.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, consequently, people have earned a lot of money from being very very high dominance or you know very very high influence right and they go higher and higher to get more and more look at the sports stars look at the um the the thing you know the the pop stars showing me age now right um it's like look at them and see how they've gone extreme 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 like you know you know tiger woods you know um uh robbie williams they destroy themselves in the end.
0: Like, like performers, like world-famous performers, like Lady Gaga, totally extreme. Like, think about like longevity of success. Madonna, totally extreme. Like, these, they, they reinvent their style all the time to remain successful, and that's the high-influence part of their profile.
1: And I, I could go on for hours about what impact going too much of your profile couldn't bring you i'm just going to ask you a question ask yourself this question now when i go into stress what do i do and let me look back over my life and see maybe that got me more success more money maybe it got me safe maybe it got me but did it work for me to so that i felt happy how did it affect my health How did it affect my, you know, my relationships? And you see that that's the that's the whole key to this is that we come back to the thing. The rule of thumb is you come home, dramatic as that sounds, you come home to who you really are and live your life in your most natural style. And 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 the whole journey is about noticing when we've adjusted and how that's impacted. Ourselves and others, notice what we're like under stress and see how that's impacted and see where you've used, um, overused a strength, because they are strengths, but overused the strength. And it's got you a result, but has it really got you? You might have won the battle, but lost the war. Do you see what I mean? And it's like, they, these are so important things. And yes, Nick, I will show you, you know, on there. Um, on this um, grid that I've created, um, the, what all the characteristics of high-dominance, influence, steadiness, and compliance are, and what all the characteristics of non-dominance, influence, steadiness, and compliance are. And I'll see if I can also show something that just talks about a little bit more than we have today about the other two areas, the adjusted and the stress um, graph. But also, I think what might be useful is to put some questions in to find out which, you know, just you can ask yourself, and you can ask others to, so you can find out what profile people
0: are. Yeah. Um, what's the most common profile?
1: Depends where you live. Right. So, so oh, you, UK,
0: like UK, US, but, well, maybe not the same, but you. Let, let's do two because we have a lot of UK listeners, obviously, because
1: that's where yep. we're. Let's do UK and US because
0: we those are probably covered. Yes. The, good.
1: Very good. Um, I can do a few more quickly because I remember the first time I ever went and sat with, I've got to give him a mention, the amazing, the incredible Ray Reid, who I haven't seen for years, who was the founder of Thomas International, which was the first people to bring DISC to the UK. Um, and he shared with me, look, this is a very simple thing, he said, Nicky. Um, he said, look, you know, we are, the UK is basically a high steadiness with a little bit of compliance culture, right? Germany, high compliance culture. France, high dominance culture, right? The US, high influence dominance culture, actually. They're they're, they're a bit of a mixture of the both. And then you can take the US apart and go look at the difference between the I can never get my, my coast right. My the East Coast, New York, that sort of coast, or and north of the, that coast, that way, and the and the west coast, you know, the San Diego, Los Angeles. So you'll see different profiles in different parts of the world. But the thing that's most um, interesting about the UK is that you can normally see a difference between the people who feel more safe in an employed situation, will be much more likely to be in the steadiness compliance end of the profile, um, because that gives them an understanding of what the future holds. And there's nothing wrong with that. It, it, it's very natural to have a, want to have an understanding of what the future holds. If you go to non-steadiness, or rather than me go to high influence you know, and high dominance, and let me go to non-steadiness, this is, I need variety in my life. I need, you know, I, I need, I don't need to know. In fact, I don't want to know what the future holds. I want, I've got that restlessness and, and non-compliance. Like I want to do it my way. This is much more high influence, high dominance kind of style, but I thought it was easier to explain it in the, in the non. Now, that's where often in, entrepreneurs tend to be more commonly one end of the profile. Than the other. That doesn't mean, as you said when we were talking about sales, it does not mean that somebody with high steadiness and high compliance cannot be an entrepreneur and doesn't mean that an entrepreneur type. Her, I mean, I was in corporate life for 14 years. You know, I, I loved it every minute of it. But it was a very, very entrepreneurial um, uh, culture. So you got to think when you go for a job, don't just go for what you want to get. Look at the culture, look at how you want to be. So but when you're in business, which most of our, you know, the people that are listening are, you have to, as Nick said earlier, you have to find a way to do your business in a way that's natural to you, because that will that will serve your clients that will attract your clients that will because then they're, they're getting because I believe people buy unconsciously. They will buy you, even if they're not the same profile as you, as long as you are congruent with your natural style, with the real you. They will be, they'll move to you completely unconsciously and they will buy from you. So it's all about being the real you. It's all about, I know that's out there, you know, airy fairy talk. But, but like, if you can get, if you can be comfortable in your own skin and be congruent with yourself and your values and your beliefs, things everything will work better in every area of your life
0: yeah and and obviously i asked what's the most common profile and the answer is it depends where you where you live and what area of the world you're in and that does not mean by the way that everybody in the uk is clients. everybody in the us is influenced dominance what we're saying is as a generalization the most common profile and and look you've explained it brilliantly you don't have to be a rocket scientist to notice there is a cultural difference between the UK and the US or Germany or France or any of these other countries that like China, there's a very different culture. Japan there's a very different culture. And you can generalize that by saying the culture is more in this area of the profiling system than that area. And, the re- and they
1: will therefore do things better? Yeah, of course, yeah.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> they're using their strengths. Certain countries, certain cultures are better at production, manufacturing. Others are better in the arts. Others are better in sports. And it, and, and again, it, you know, it, it, that does not mean that there aren't people in each country, each culture that can be great at each of those things. Yes. But if we look at the society as a whole and we can generalise a little bit, which is sometimes helpful, we can start to see the reason why they're successful in certain areas. And again, to bring it back to the point, yeah, you know, I believe in order to be successful, you have to find a way, a strategy to operate your business in your natural style and hire for giving your example, right at the very beginning of this conversation, hire initially for profiles that complement yours as in, let's say I'm high dominance influence, the first hire that was most important for me to make was somebody who was steadiness compliance. Yeah, it's great support. It balances me out. Like, you know, I was running a business purely on dominance influence. And there were, of course, great strengths to that. And there were also many areas we were falling short because they're not my natural skill. Um, and then, of course, as you build the team out and, you know, you build up, a much larger team, then you're not just hiring for your your weaknesses per se. You're also hiring to complement those strengths and build on them, and have people come in that can do what you did at the start for you, so you can grow and scale. um So, look, I mean, this is a conversation we could we could talk about this literally all day. We actually do often talk <laughs> about this all day. We were talking about some of this just yesterday, and it is so fascinating. I think there's a couple of points for listeners. One make sure in the show notes, we're going to put um, a link where you can download uh, a little worksheet that Nikki's putting together, which will give you a visual representation. If you're maybe you've been listening to this while you're driving along and you can't make notes, obviously at least I hope you haven't um, or uh, you know, you're in the gym or whatever, and you, you want to actually like, lock this in and, and get a clear understanding of it. We're going to put a link in the show notes where you can download a visual aid, a bit of a resource. Um, what What I would say is, you know, find a way to, as a first port of call, work out what your profile is. And what I will say is, I mean, I believe that one of the most, one of the most valuable um, skills, assets you can possess as an empire builder, as a business owner, is that of self-awareness, of knowing yourself, your strengths, your weaknesses, your patterns of behavior that might run you into trouble occasionally. That for me is like, I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about it all the time. It's the number one skill, self-awareness. And, and I, what I see is a lot of times we talk about this philosophy, this, you know, this profiling tool, and, and people think they are one thing. And really, that probably is just the adjusted style or the stress pattern, um, or they've done something for so long to succeed or be safe that they think it's their natural style, but it's actually the mask. Find a way, uh, and there's tools out there that you can use to to assess your profile. Find a way to to get certainty on what profile you are, because um, that... Might surprise you when you find out your natural style might not what you think, but knowing it, and it's not about, oh, well, being you know, one profile is better than another. Um, I'll tell you what's better. What's better than any other profile is you operating from your natural style, that's what's better. So, you know, if you identify that you're actually steadiness or compliance or influence or dominance and you didn't realize you were the best thing you could possibly do for you for your family for your business for your team for your clients is find a strategy and a way to operate from your natural style that is how you will succeed fastest most effectively long term that is how you will avoid mistakes and stay safe most effectively long term and that's where Really, that's where the magic happens. So, Nikki, any final thoughts on what we've discussed? I
1: think you've summed it up brilliantly, but I'm biased, of course. Um, uh, I, I just, um, I think, you know, you said, you know, that I've been looking at this a long time. I've, cu- I've gone away from it. I've done, you know, Tony and I, you know, had a business for a long time, didn't use the personality styles, talked about it, but didn't actually assist our clients by doing what you just said, which was to help them understand what, what, why, well, okay, got it. Final thought. If things are not working in any area of your life, I'm going to make you a guarantee now that this will be some, some either you're not operating, as Nick's just said, in your natural style, in the zone, um, in who you really are, or you're trying to get someone else or, or a group of people to act in ways that are outside of their natural style okay and and i think that if you look at anything that's not working in your life it you could definitely trace it back if you look at the characteristics grid which i'm going to sh- send you if you look at the words on there and you plot uh you know you can't by the way if you plot them all high then you get a straight line well you know what happens on a on a Thing in hospital when you get a straight line, you're dead. So we have to be understanding what our strengths are. But if, if things going wrong in your life, I guarantee you you could trace it back to either not being yourself or not appreciating that somebody else is different than you.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that final thing is really important. Not appreciating that somebody else is different than you. I think generally speaking, we all think that if everyone was more like us, then everything would work better. And that's just not how the world works. And the fact that we are different is a good thing. What I love about understanding these profiles is that it can take a lot of the emotion out of the situation because you can go right. If we are experiencing conflict here, what most people do is, oh, it's all the other person's fault um, because they're not like me, and and it's how it's that person, and it can feel quite personal when you're at. at odds or, or, or in conflict and when you actually take a step back to analyze it and go this is just them operating from their profile it it kind of depersonalizes it a little bit and makes it less emotive which is where you can find a find a better solution and um, my, my my summary for all of this I, I saw a brilliant um i think it was an image on on facebook or something the other day and it was about um people's opinions and of course you know we're at a time in in society where like there's never been more opinions being shared on social and and, and it, it said basically people do not want to hear your opinion they want to hear you saying their opinion mm-hmm. and i think this is quite similar in that you go most of <laughs> people, we don't want people to operate from a different profile to us. We want them to operate from our natural profile because we understand it. But that is not where growth occurs. That is not where the magic happens. That is not where, dare I say it, we didn't go there, which I'm surprised relationships work in an intimate relationship. It often does not work when you've got a same profile in a relationship together. In my experience, the Profile being at the kind of, not opposite, but different ends of the spectrum work better because it complements one another. So well, I think it's interesting. we need to embrace the difference.
1: Yeah, but also, um, absolutely. Um, it, it doesn't matter whether you're in an intimate relationship or a uh, you know, work relationship or whatever that is. It is not sustainable to operate in, even if somebody was to go, well, like, I want to stay in this relationship. I want to, um, I want to be, um, I want to stay in this job. I want to stay in this company. I, I, you know, I want to work with this partner. If you're not true to yourself, which is another way of putting being your natural style or being, you know, being, you know, true to yourself, being comfortable in your own skin. It is not sustainable in my view. Something will because life happens and something will come along to either put you into a stress style or your adjusted style, or maybe you're living in your adjusted style, but it can't be sustainable. The only way to have a sustainable relationship and the intimate is where it shows up the most is when you're being yourself. You, you, it, it's not sustainable where, where you were, wear a mask, which is sadly why that is the part of life that gives people so much pain, instead of the joy that we seek.
0: This has been, I feel, a really, really good episode. They're all good episodes, obviously. I'm going to say that, but I'm biased. Like, this is a really, really, really good episode. It feels, and I know that we only really just scratched the surface in the last, whatever it's been, 45 minutes to an hour. So um, there might be a follow-up episode maybe at some point. Um, So there'll be a link in the show notes where you can get access to that visual resource. I think it's like a bit of a worksheet where you can see the different profiles and there'll be some questions on there to help you maybe get more clarity on what your profile is. I highly recommend you do that. I think that's going to be really valuable. Um, By the way, this is the work we do when, when somebody joins our mastermind program, this is the work we do right at the start is we identify somebody's disc profile, help them understand their strengths their weaknesses, maybe where they've maybe struggled in the past. And then we create a strategy for growing their business that suits their natural style, which, as I said, really gives you the best possible chance of success. So, Nikki V, mother, thank you for joining <laughs> me on the Empire Builders podcast. We'll definitely do another episode. Maybe we'll go into what well, maybe we'll do a, a different episode, which will be centered around disc, but maybe more relationships could be interesting. Are
1: you, are you brave enough? Right. Yeah, um, I
0: know. Yeah. but because we did um, well you know we did I did an episode with Nat my wife oh um, yes of course a while back and, and again actually I think if by the way if you if you found this this episode interesting um and any of the kind of and it triggered any thoughts for you around your relationship with your intimate partner um it might be worth listening to that episode now next because it will probably we didn't really talk about disc, but you'll now you've got Hear it. To know about what disc is in theory, you will be able to see how that plays out for me and that and why our relationship works from a um, entrepreneur, business owner, and support person perspective from a husband and wife perspective. So yeah, that might be a worthwhile listen. I forget what episode it is. I'm gonna say it's probably episode 20 odd or something so if you uh go back through the episode history and find that one it's I think it's called something like interview with my wife so you can uh you can find that and we should probably do a follow-up on that one as well so um yeah maybe I'll do maybe I'll do more episodes with members of the family maybe I'll get Nan on she's 94 years oh
1: she has such wisdom
0: she's very wise um so maybe I'll get and you need,
1: well I was gonna say you've got a legacy thing for when I'm dead and gone you you could do with one with Nan and we can yeah. play it for when she's dead and gone
0: I'm not sure the Empire Builders audience is ready (laughs) to hear the opinions of my nan, who's 94, and and let's face it, um, crackers, absolutely crackers. But I think you know. might be an episode yeah we'll get tony vr next that's probably the next that's probably the uh, the next level so um thanks for joining we will do this again i'm sure um everyone who's listening hope you enjoyed this episode found it useful insightful interesting uh take care and we will see you very soon